Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Triple M's Real Football Show. The biggest names and the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. With Chris Dittmar. Can I just pick him up there? I'm 52 and I'm not growing up or mature. <laughs> and Scottish football superstar, Albie Kidd. The Triple M Real Football Show. Yes, good morning everybody. KG with you and the Real Footy Show once again on this beautiful Saturday morning. And what a week it's been in the world of real footy. Gee whiz, where do we start? Well, let's welcome the panel this morning. And they're all fired up, ready to discuss all the issues as we welcome from the advertiser, their chief soccer writer, and once again, looking a picture of sartorial <laughs> splendour in the pink again. And loves those pink shirts, Val Miliacho. Good morning, Val. Good morning, Ken. Gee, you love that colour pink, don't it's you? It's my lucky shirt. Your lucky, lucky shirt. radio shirt. <laughs> Does nothing for the body, Val, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice to have back on board, of course, that, that superstar from the from the Scottish world, Albie Kid. Good morning, Albie. KG, good to see you. Good to see you, Val. <laughs> Nice to be back this morning. Good to have you back. Thank Gee, you. Where, where do we start? What, well, let's start on a positive note. A great win by United. And let's, for one moment, relive that magic goal. Here we go. Holland drops it over the top. Bloody oh, look at Oche. Oche, what a moment for the youngster. Right through the middle. Oh, what a finish. His first goal for the club. And he's going to remember it for a long, long time. Yes, it certainly was. O'Shang, Val, and, and, and Abby, a story. was he born in Nairobi or not? Born in Kenya. A- in and, Kenya. Uh, he, he came out here when he was nine years old back in 2006 and he's made his way up through the junior football soccer system and uh, got into the AIS. Yep. The Adelaide United youth team played in the NPL the last couple of seasons, the local Premier League, 40 games, scored three goals. He's mainly a fullback. Right. But boy, can he finish. Actually, that was... The best moment of this season, I think, for the club. And and I feel this could be the turning point because they've beaten a team that's very rich in the way that a club is, but extremely soft. I think Melbourne City Football Club you have say got a soft? bunch of softies. Whoa! Yeah, look, we could touch on that later, but I agree with Val to a large degree. Um, I think they've lost a real little bit, uh, Melbourne City. But go, coming back to the goal, I say it started with I say it's great vision. He found Guardioli, yeah. And really, you look at the um, it was Jimmy Holland. It was Holland. Oh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> but Guardioli, the, m- yeah. more importantly, one touch into Oki and, and and really how he finished, lads, unbelievable goal, <laughs> brilliant goal. What what will that win do for this season? Well, hopefully. I mean, we we said what last it, December it, yeah. they'd st- kick their season off when they beat Wellington, and yep. I, but I think this is the turning point because the starting eleven was missing. The regulars Tarek Elrich was out. Karuska was coming back from injury. Guilatmo and Morton made a huge call by uh, putting Sergi Guardiola on the bench and and Karuska. Yeah, I, 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 I said to Albie off air when I was home watching, I, I I couldn't believe they started like that. I reckon that dynamic right there. Uh, set the tone for the game because really that's the, that's the best fighting Adelaide uh, United team I've seen in a long, long time. And Whoa. also uh, LaRocca, he's he's still La injured. So yep. Taylor Regan, he, I think he played a blinder. He did, yeah. Jordan O'Doherty, and you know a bit about Jordan O'Doherty. He's, what, 19 years old? Yep. I think he's 
I don't want to make a massive call. He is following in the footsteps of Stefan Mork. He he's, he's the box to box, box to box midfielder. He's got grunt. He can play, and he just gives you a hundred percent. It's it's an amazing, isn't it? What a, what a win can do. Now we're talking about all the positive things about United. Last week we it was all negative, but now it's all positive. Okay, we've got a big big show in the next two hours. Whatever you do, don't you dare leave us. Now we're going to talk to the general manager of football from United, Anti Kovacevic. Did I get it right, Val? Nearly. No, I wanted to say something on the end of it, but I thought I'd leave it out. <laughs> Pretty close, Ken. They took us a fantastic bloke anyway. We will Come talk on, to you. I'm a good lad. For CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. This is the Real Football Show at Triple M. One hundred four point seven Triple M. It is the real football show for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. This morning, the dead set legend himself, KG, the head writer for football from the advertiser Val Miliacho and Scottish superstar Albie Kidd. Good on you, Alex. And of course, that big win the other night by United, two one, getting back into the winner's circle. What's it done for the club? What's the feeling like now? Has it re re resurrected their, their season? Let's welcome to the program now the general manager of football for Adelaide United, Ante Kovacevic. Ante, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, guys. That win, what's it done for the feeling and, and, and the morale of the club and the players? Yeah, it's definitely given us a boost. Um, you know, Melbourne City, one of the touted uh, premiership yep. contenders for this year. So, look, it it's, just gives us a positive vibe. Obviously, you know, behind the scenes, we're all happy with it. We're all, uh, you know, satisfied. Obviously, the crowd seems to have gone home happy, no doubt. Um, but, look, with the players, it's it's... You know, it's given them a boost. I think the coaching staff, it's given it's a relief. You know, it's just relief, a bit of pressure. Um, but uh, we have to continue on from here now. Ante, uh, this is, I suppose, the busiest time of the year for you, or maybe nearly every day is, but 80% of, <laughs> of the squad coming off contract. The FIFA transfer window's open. There's been talk about new players coming to the club, an import in particular. I understand uh, seven players have been presented to you. Believe it or not, I've had a couple of players being presented to me to be passed yeah. on to you, but that's another story. <laughs> and obviously, the club hasn't had a really good start, and I think you've copped a little bit of flack, the fallout from last week about recruitment and all that sort of stuff. So I know it's a long question, but in a nutshell, what is the future? What is going on with the club at the moment and, and, and the future? Where are we going with it? Yeah, look, you know, the whole recruitment thing, I think that's when you're having a poor season like we are, I think everything else gets magnified. You know, Sydney's got 14 players off contract and nobody's really making that a big story. Uh, but for us, sitting on the bottom of the table, or we were before the Thursday night game, but, you know, everyone's trying to pinpoint the issue that has got us there. So, uh, and recruitment being, being one of them, uh, you know, contract renegotiations being another um, you know, that's the players know where we're at. You know, being a former player, I've been through the same situation, and you know, it's it's only an issue when you want to make it an issue. You know, but uh, for someone like Sydney FC who are sitting on top, it's not an issue. So you know, it's 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 something that just brings brings gets brought up when you're in the position we're at. Um, you know, we've obviously re-signed Isaias for a few years, which is yep, great positive, for the club. Yep. Super. 
Yeah, he's been a fantastic player and will continue to do so for the for next three years. So that's that's a fantastic vibe. You know, the players, I, I think deep down the players individually know where they're at. You know, they know that they're part of a team that's in the bottom two now. Um, they don't want to be there. If we don't want to be there as a club, um, I'm sure they, you know, they want to prove to themselves that they shouldn't be there and they deserve a new contract. So I don't think there's any any personal issues from the players themselves that you know they they're crying out and you know uh, for a new contract and all the rest of it. They they want to you know being a player, you, you want to prove to the club and to the punters, to the media that uh, you deserve a contract and you don't want to be sitting last or second last at the moment and, and you want to you know start winning more games and. and via performances uh, that's going to you know either alert other clubs or alert ourselves that uh, it's time for a new contract so uh, but look we're in the we're in the process of building we don't want to have only you know six players sign up or whatever for next year we want to you know we're, we're working on that uh, obviously so this has been tied down so uh, you know we will be um, you know looking at where we're where we need to be over over the next few months uh, with regard to next season, and obviously the January transfer window for this season as well. Auntie, you mentioned uh, Sydney earlier on in your your talk there, and um, I, you know, for me, I think Sydney and Melbourne are a, a way ahead of the rest there. But can you explain to to the the listeners, uh, Auntie? You know, is it a, pl- a level playing field? You know, we know that you've lost to people like Goodwin. We're not oh. going to go over the players that you've lost, but yeah. if you look at Sydney uh, over the last few weeks of that, Tante, you've got Simons on the bench, Carney on the bench, Abini on the bench, and any of these three players would, would fit into any team uh, yeah. in the A-League. Is it a level playing field? Oh, look, you can always point to salary cap concessions and all the rest of it, and obviously the Tim Cale rule, and say that it's not, but... Uh, He's got his own rule about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, but that's that's football, unfortunately, and that's the sporting landscape in Australia. You know, the MLS had the David Beckham rule to take him over there, and um, you know, was it level, level playing field? Well, yeah. Look, you, you can say it's not, but ultimately, on the field, there's only 11 players that, in fact, need to play. Last year, I think we proved that. You know. Um, the salary cap concessions and the marquee player rule isn't going to be the difference between winning and losing. You know, Central Coast have always had one of the smallest budgets in the league and they've been multiple grand finalists and won the championship a few years ago. Um, you know, Sydney FC, look, Matt Simon's come on the market the last, you know, when he got released from Central Coast and there weren't too many takers, mm. you know, and now we're saying, well, he's, you know, a quality player coming off the bench for Sydney and, you know, it's it's unfair or whatever. But, you know, when he, I'm, I know I was in Perth when he was out of contract and, you know, people looking at him and never thought of him being a, a key signing. Um, you know, but look, it's, it's 11 players. We... We weren't the highest spending team last year and, you know, we won the final, grand final convincingly after, obviously, a poor start. Yeah. So, is a level. You know, 11 players are out on the field. Yes, Tim Cahill was there, Fournierolis, you know, but Fournierolis didn't come in as a marquee, just proved himself to become a marquee after a great great season last year. Super. So, you know, yes, yes, it is. Sometimes it is in a level playing field, but sometimes... You know, you can make a level playing field. Ante, players these days, okay, you're talking about 14 players off contract. It's not really good business, to be honest. You mentioned Sydney being in the same boat there, but looking at our, uh, our team here, mm-hmm. 14 players off contract. Why Why is it not a, a club, um, 
you know, process to maybe get players on a three-year contract. Is it difficult these days to get players to sign a three-year contract? Yeah, sometimes it is, yeah. Yeah, we had players... Um, I mean, I've had players before over a number of years that just want a one-year deal. Now, players, you know, they're, they're looking beyond, you know... Uh, obviously, Australia's not a... Uh, a career where they're going to see themselves yeah. for the rest of their careers. They want to grow themselves. They want to have Europe to have a crack at. They want to go to Asia, make big money. Um, you know, to have shorter term contracts for players. Yes, it's a lesser security sometimes, but they back themselves to, you know, try to sometimes go on a free and you know try to go have a crack at Europe or Asia. So sometimes it's out of your hands, you know. And especially with the Australian players, it's difficult. Um, you know, the market, the pool is is less so than the foreigners. So you can always you can always go and get another foreigner. But the Aussie boys, you know, sometimes they do have uh, ambitions to go elsewhere, and you can't stop that. I'll be, you know, a lot of players have been in the same position. You just can't stop it. And I can, can I ask you the situation with uh, our coach and more. Uh, when would you? When do you want? Or when does the club want a decision whether he's going or staying? Yeah, look, uh, we've uh, said next. Well, he said to us as well next month. Um, we'll we'll expect a decision. Are you happy with that? Uh, oh, look, for someone like Dilemma, who he's, he's honest with us. He's he's been open. He's he's not trying to play us or anything. So yeah, look, we're satisfied with that. I, it's not ideal. Obviously, you want to tie down your yep. your coach and your future, and you know it's a negotiating tool with players. So the players want to know where the club's going to be at next year. Correct. So that, that question's always arisen, even with his yes when we resign him. Uh, so we've we've been it's it's been an open and honest process with Guillermo. So we're not he's not hiding anything. We're not hiding anything. So you know, like I said, it's not ideal, uh, but it is what it is. And for someone like Guillermo, who's obviously a championship winning coach for us. Uh, he's done everything right by the club, so we're not going to, you know, we're not going to force his hand. We're not going to give him ultimatums, but uh, we, you know, we will work with him when we re- we are re-signing players. So, we will have, you know. so in a nutshell, the club wants him. If he says yes, I want to stay, you re-sign him. That's the plan. Yeah, good. That's the plan. But as you know, sport, everything. You know, you know, you're, you're never going to. No. You know, everything can happen. Lots going to happen between now and then as well. So it's 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 a difficult one. It's a difficult one. But at this stage, yeah, we'd like to know. We'd like to know where he's at, and we'd like to have him for next year. Well, yeah. in my opinion, I think you've done a lot to help it by re-signing his like, yes, yeah. absolute uh, gun of a, a player and a, a great leader, a potential captain. Um, now, just uh, Arte <laughs> James Holland obviously left for Sydney yesterday. Is in is is in the holding pattern, and I think he's going up to. Uh, to China to Liaoning who win with uh, Robbie Cruz who was spotted at uh, Amy Park last night in a victory game. So it, all going well. He passes a medical. You've, you've lost Jimmy Holland. But uh, the replacements, there was Dario Vitisic being mooted. I read on the World Game last night that perhaps uh, Pohang Steelers were looking at him first. He's looking at all the other options before the A-League. So what's the situation there? Uh, yeah, look, obviously James Holland's uh, got his visa. I believe he's off to China this weekend for a medical. Um, once again, you know, he's an ambitious player as well. Uh, you know, we're not going to stand in his way. Uh, Robbie Cruz is heading to China too. So, but look, uh, Dario Vitisic, you know, I don't like talking about players too much about their futures with us until deals are done. But uh, his name's been thrown about. Obviously, he's a, he'd be a target for many clubs. Um, but he's been in China now, but he's uh, looking looking at other options in Asia. Once again, we can't sometimes compete with some of these Asian clubs and the money being thrown about. And 
as as is mentioned very often, players' careers are short and they've got to make the most of it while they can. Uh, but he's got ties to Adelaide, former player, I believe his wife's from Adelaide as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so there are ties there that, uh, you know, if things don't uh, pan out in, in Korea, it's currently pre-season in Asian leagues, so they're looking to, to build their squads as well. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if things don't pan out, then um, Adelaide could be an option. Come on, I tell you, give us someone to hang off. Who are you speaking <laughs> Come to? On, yeah. <laughs> Come That's on, yeah. Come on, Come on, Albie. Look, it, it, yeah, I'd love <laughs> to give you a name, you know? I'll put you on the spot, mate. That's a good question, <laughs> Albie. <laughs> no, look. Give her one. Come know, on. You guys, you guys have been involved in football and sports. So, it's, look, you can, give, you can give names, but, you know, you don't want to write – give rise to expectations and things don't pan out and it's like well the club didn't do enough to get him over here yeah, it's yeah. you know it's a tough one but uh, look you know we do have a foreign spot open now Jakub Larocca has become an Aussie which is uh, great for him and great for the club but it opens up a foreign spot so look if the James Holland deal uh, gets done um, you know obviously I think you know we're looking at uh, you know another foreign midfielder perhaps um, you know the Aussies you know, it's always a limited market with Australians, so having a foreign spot open makes it a lot easier to fill the gaps that uh, that's required for the for the club. Well, Anto, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on the win. It was fantastic. Let's hope that's the start of bigger and better things to come for United. Appreciate your time, Anto. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Uh, look, it was, uh, like I said, a positive, positive outcome, good result. Hopefully we uh, build on it uh, for the rest of the season and the ACL campaign. Be- beautiful, Anto. Anto Kovacevic. Thanks, mate. What an Albie. Good question, Albie. Names, names. Well, we want to hear what, what's happening. It's, uh, it's coming to a crucial time now. And if they make the top six, it's an absolute bonus. Let's be honest about it. Absolute bonus. He's got a difficult job. And uh, he, he, was hand, he was handed, let's be fair to Ante, I think. He's walked into a situation <clears> where <throat> all the foreign players are coming off contract at the same time. And I think that's just appalling. Like, how can that be? Where you've got every single one of your main, your key players, all of a sudden, the end of June well, two, 2017, they're all off together. I just say, well, you inherit it. that. You inherit that. So he's got, a, he's got a hard job in front of him, for well, sure. I know, what's it, pressure builds diamonds, they say, in, in this business. Well, it looks like the diamond's building. <laughs> <laughs> well, on you, Alex. Good job, boys. Up next, we're going to talk about some fan unrest after the victory Ooh. game. Some not great signs, but we'll get to that for CMI Toyota. This is the real football show at Triple M. Drink. 104.7 Triple M with the Who is the real football show for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Good on you, Alex Albi Kidd and Val Miliacho. Fellas, let's go back to the uh, incident after the Melbourne victory game. It's common knowledge now that there were some irate fans uh, that uh, became very, uh, what's the word, very angry at a certain official of the Adelaide United uh, uh, Club. What's been the reaction and the fallout from that, Val and and Albie? I think the reaction, firstly, I didn't know that it happened after the match until the statement was released. Um, I'd say it was about midday on Sunday. Yep. So uh, fans, in inverted commas, have attacked... One of the key board members and a member of the family, uh, United. abusively. Now, I, was I it a, physical at all, Val? No, or, I never got physical, but um, I did a little bit of research. And the fan, if it is the alleged fan, has outed himself even on Twitter. So he's saying he had every right to do it. Now, no, he hasn't got every right. No, to no, do it. nobody's got a right to abuse anybody no. at any stage, 
And if things aren't going right, that's the worst thing you can do in the heat of a moment because everybody's upset about the loss. Correct. I thought the fan or the fans who acted like that yep. poorly yep. should be weeded out. How do you mean, mean weeded out? The club, the club needs to act from within. If, if they're members of the club, the club needs to act. Yep. Say, because the game doesn't need people like this. Correct. Okay? They need to weed it out and sort that out. The statement they put out on, on, on Sunday I thought was poor. Mm. It should have been dealt with in-house. A lot of the issues I think the club's trying to get on top of. And this is a club that's won the double from, from May. And yep. then... Nine months later, we're talking about a club on the which bottom. was about to... No, but the way it was going, it looked like it was going to implode. Yep. Luckily, common sense has prevailed. They had a meeting with, with selected fans on, on Tuesday night. They had a bit of a, uh, a talk about it, and and looks like everyone's united again. And I think Sergio Sirio said the right words in a press conference on, uh, on Monday or Tuesday. But, I mean, Hindmarsh Stadium as well. During, during the match, we'd get... Cooper Stadium, rather. That's what it's called now, isn't it? Yes, it yep. is. You get the Twitter account or the Facebook account trolling fans for not turning up against Victor. What's going on? Why, why is it all... Why isn't there no unity in this game? And, and we've only got one club here. What's going on? Have a look, coming back to your points there, Val, I think it's a global trait. Obviously, there's fans frustrated. They're, they're agitated. You know, the win against City will help tremendously. But I don't yep. just think the club have got to be honest and say... You know, the focus now is to build the team for next year. They've had a poor, poor year. They're yeah. at the bottom of the league. Well, off one place now. But yep. Yep. but really, I think the, the focus has got to be to get into the top six now. Correct. If they do that, it's a bonus for the club. Okay, because it's been an, an abysmal season, okay? But the focus must be to the fans now. Look, we're planning now. We're, we've got good recruitment. We've yep. got good uh, projections yep. in place to get players in the club. Smooth the waters. And then sign it. Sign someday of note Yep. because I'm a great believer at Profile puts bums on seats. That's that's. But it's got to be a good player. Can I, I think ask? that's where Adley's at at yeah, this yeah, point yeah, in time. Yeah, yeah good yeah, point. I agree. What was the reaction from the official who was, who was attacked by the irate fans? I haven't talked to him personally about it. I don't want to bring it up. I talk to this person regularly. I don't want to bring it up with him because I think it's a touchy subject, but it's not on. It is not on. No. Definitely not on. I mean, yeah, get upset, but, but have, plus a, the have fact, a conversation. Don't, don't abuse. Plus the fact, Val, it's, not, it's, it's probably nothing to do with him. You know, it's the dynamic that the fans are speaking about it's, to, to that certain individual. Yep. He's not in control of that. No. Well, they're, a lot of the fans are pointing to the, to the actual people that own the club that they're at fault for, for what's happened. Now, they're investing their money. Fans do as well, and, and yeah. we do as, a, as an organisation in the media. We, we invest in the club as well. They've made mistakes, and that's been in the recruiting this year, and we can say they have made mistakes because they recruited way too late. And I thought players like James Holland, I don't, a good player, but hasn't, he's not a fit into this team. But the positive focus going forward there, they've made that mistake this year. They shouldn't do it again. We just spoke to Antti Kovacevic, mm. yeah. right? He's on, a, he's on a, uh, a mission to get good players into the club. Mm. So the, the mission statement that they make or, or you know, to the fans is that they've really got to get good players in there. The focus has got to be good players for yep. next year. We're going to be good planning, good succession planning and all, all the above. Can I ask you a leading question? And I'd, I'd, I'd like an honest answer from both of you here. We spoke to him also about him more. He said his situation wasn't an ideal situation. He's not going to let them know until the end of February. 
If you were in a, were in a controlling position, Albie, with United, would you let him go or would you keep him a more? Look, that's a, very, that's a very, very difficult question to answer, but I'll answer it in, in my own way. I think the club will know, there's football people in that club, and they'll know if a more is a business to take that club forward. Okay, the thing that I think he needs, I think he needs a strong individual behind him because he's a very placid individual. There was no emotion from the bench on when the goal was scored. But that's how he does his business, Ken. So, so, so if that's if that's what he's about. You, you look at Conte at Chelsea; it's a complete contrast to what Amor's about. Mm. But he needs somebody, in my humble opinion, in the background that's going to be a strong individual, an Aussie person that we all know. A bit of profile as well that could that could give it an extra dynamic for that club. Have you got a name? A Ross Aloisi, something like that. Yep, it's fiery bugger. That, that's um, that's <laughs> strong. Um, no, there's there's Damian two or three. Morey. Think. Damien Morey is a is a yep. is a coach that could come and do that. W- would you keep him more or let him go? Absolutely, hundred percent. I'd I'd keep him, but like what Albie said, you need to get somebody on the coaching ranks that will get sort of. You've got to groom this player or this this coach to go to the next step and and possibly take over. I'd also like to see. Not only are more being reinstated with a local, a good high-profile local coach as an assistant, I'd like to see him have more say in the way the actual club structure mm. with players is run. Because I spoke to a, a, a high-profile member of the Asian Football Confederation uh, last week about this, and A-League clubs, the A-League is a league. It's a transitional league. It's not a league. It's not a league where players are going to come to you. They're going to sit down and they're going to finish their careers here because it's like England, Spain, Italy, or Germany. It's a league where players come through with the hope of earning contracts overseas. I think the clubs are poorly set up at the moment with their junior development. A lot of the clubs, I heard Adelaide aren't even playing the same football between the youth team and the A-League team. And I think... Why not? That's that's not something. The transfer market, it's non-existent in Australian football. That's their main source of income. The transfer market is the income that the AFL will never be able to touch. I mean, we're always saying we're in the code wars. We're not in the code wars. The AFL is the strongest competition in this state by a mile. So is the NRL. But there's a market there that those two football codes cannot get. And that's the transfer market, which I think the A-League is very juvenile about. We're not making enough money from the transfer market. You look at a club like Porto in, in, in Portugal. Portugal's not one of the best leagues. They're making all their money from the transfer market. Well, Ajax are the, the, the main one well, there you go. globally. Yeah. You know, they have a conveyor belt of young players coming through and they sell the young players. It goes back into the coffers of Ajax and then they start that process again. Now, that's a good model. I've been over to Ajax and studied that, that model and it's a fantastic model. But we're 12 years into the A-League... And we're still talking about bringing these massive marquees and a lot of these marquees, 90%. I mean, the best one, in my opinion, has been Alessandro Del Piero and obviously Dwight York in the first season. But they're in their mid to late 30s, right at the end of their careers, when we should be looking at, in my opinion, getting a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, get them in the, in the team and try to move them on because Look, we have to be a, a market where... The clubs out of Europe look at us and go, gee, these guys are producing some players. We, want, the, we, we want some of this. We've just seen uh, a goal from Oaken um, just the other night there, okay? Yep, fantastic. To me, if I was involved with that club, I'd be saying that again on a three-year contract. Yep. Mm. Now, because it gives you continuity of your players. So, so all the young kids coming through there, they've got to have them on long-term contracts. And if they don't sign, 
well, you've got to move them on and bring somebody else mm. in there because you've got to look after the club there. The discipline of signing players from year to year, you can't be stuck with 14 players off contract. Mm. No, it's, it's, it's no good business. Absolutely. Okay, this is the Real Footy Show. Stay with us, folks. Whatever you do, right through until 9 o'clock. And up next, we're going to talk about the big win over City on Thursday night. Yes. And we'll talk more about that wonder goal and whether they should re-sign that young fella for three years. The Real Football Show for CMI Toyota right here at Triple M. 104.7 Triple M. It is the real football show. Still to come, John Cosmina from Fox Sports. Right now, though, we've got LB Kid, Val Miliacho, and KG. Good on you, Alex. Well, let's relive that magical goal at, uh, at Cooper Stadium the other night. It was absolutely sensational when the fans went nuts. When it's at O'Shang, that, that, that's how the commentator pronounced his name, O'Shang. Let's relive that magical goal. Holland drops it over the top. Bloody oh, look at O'Shang. O'Shang, what a moment for the youngster. Right through the middle. Gee, there's something special about the, the fans when, like, just reliving that moment. They just went absolutely nuts. This, this, the, the whole stadium came alive. And uh, and, and the, the thing that, that I was amazed uh, about was the lack of emotion from them all. But would you sign that young man, Albie? Definitely. I'd try to get him on a you know, sort of long-term contract. Two years at least. Two but, years? Uh, yeah. He's a good player. He's, he's got good pace. He's, he's quick. He is, and he, he can obviously finish. You know, Val was mentioning that he's, uh, he's uh, known better as a defender. Yeah, fullback. However, <laughs> why, what, well, what, what is he doing away back there? <laughs> exactly right. You finish like that, you can't be it's a fullback. Amazing. And amazing. He came here what, as, as a nine year old, Val? Yeah, yeah, back in 2006. Uh, obviously, he's settled now in Adelaide and he's been looked after. And I've seen him score a very similar goal in the NPL uh, two years ago. You, From fullback though, but he he can finish, and he proved that on. So you'd Thursday sign him on a, on, a, on a long-term deal? Absolutely, I'd keep him. A good a good young prospect that I think the club can build, and maybe a more should look at him using him as as the either winger or centre forward. Mm. Lads, it's probably I mentioned Melbourne City. You know, they're just a, a shadow of what they were at the start of the year. Then the the Cahill factor has dropped off. Um, they look a very ordinary side in my book. So. Off air, you were saying there's only two teams in the A League that uh, that uh, are any value. Very much so, Ken. I, I just feel that uh, Sydney and uh, Melbourne Victory are, are way ahead of the pack. Mm, there you go. I was watching. You get with that, Val? Yeah. And you know what I I do like is that Melbourne City is it's the most hated team in the A League now <laughs> because of what's happening with all the money, and they they're not delivering. Who can you who can you relate that to in England, where they've so got you, all the money and they're not delivering anything? Gee, the but mo- really, you've got to take your hat off to Muskie and Graham Arnold. Oh. No, Graham Arnold last year. I love Muskie. Yeah, he's he's good value. Unbelievable. He's so got a bit Alex, of Alex smiling. He likes Muskie as well for many reasons that we won't go into. <laughs> but uh, you look at Graham Arnold last year. He, he he had a very very poor year. He did. He's went what? away and he's recruited very very well, and he might win the league. <laughs> That's what good coaches do. And uh, good clubs. Also, any other, a lot of clubs would have fired Grant, Grant yep. and said, move on. You yep. can't do the job. They stuck by him and they've allowed him to grow the side. I'm watching the game last night when the red card came out. Now, Parisha, oh, unbelievable. That is, that, that is, how can that happen? That, the, the player who, who, who faked the, the, uh, 
the the Luke touch. Devere. Luke Devere. Luke yep. Devere should be suspended. That was disgraceful last night. Really, the red shock. card, and it was well, the linesman. Well, he's conned, he, he's conned the young linesman. When, when the, the television cameras went to the linesman, it looks as if he was a 12, 14-year-old linesman there. And, <laughs> and you know, It was very, very frustrating. It must have been for the Melbourne uh, Victory fans because, really, he's off the park. Look, there's going to be circumstances. I think that'll be washed away. I think I'd it'll hope be, so. Because yeah. well, I think see, the reputation preceded uh, Barisha then. Yeah. That's wrong. That, that shouldn't be washed aside, that incident last night. It, the player was said of was red carded, and and there was, there was nothing in the incident. It, the player did not touch him. KG, the totally referee, agree. it's a full time referee, and I you know it was very very poor last I night. Th- I think the officiating this season has been the poorest I've ever seen. I mean, even Thursday night, within the first minute, um, there was an offside call which I thought was wrong, where Sergio Sirio actually had the ball in the net. And I think they called Enrique, who was offside. Enrique had nothing to do with the play. I think wrong decision. Colazzo scored for Melbourne City. That was wrong. That was definitely onside. Dylan McGowan's uh, equaliser. Was it offside? Was it not? And then there's just a lot of things. There was an offside call. Remember that Enrique when he was yep. called offside. And then the free kick was taken <laughs> inside the centre circle. I'm getting trolled by people on Twitter saying I don't know the offside rule. I think so. When you're offside and you're a defensive half, yeah, exactly. is, that, is that a new rule that uh, I missed there, uh, Audi? Is it? I mean, seriously, you're offside. No, you're offside in the in the in your attacking half. How can a free kick be taken in the defensive half? But I've never unfortunately, seen that in my life. it's consistent. This is an error that should not be happening. Yeah, yeah. But guys, <laughs> this is where soccer at times lets itself down. If they had some strength. They take action against the linesman last night, the referee, and 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 Luke. What's his name? Luke Devere. Luke Devere. It's a move on, nothing to see here attitude, because the same guys well, keep wrong, getting though, the games. They keep getting the games. That that's where it's wrong, and it's going to continue to happen because the controlling body's not strong enough, in my view. That was a disgrace last night. I, I totally Absolutely. agree. I totally agree. And it really could have changed the game completely. Correct. Exactly yeah. right. You know. I think uh, since they've lost Strebre Delosky. From last season, a very good, oh, he was mature good. referee, mm. but made mistakes, yeah. but not game-changing mistakes. And when they lost Mark Shield, that was another huge loss. I thought Two he was strong a very good referee. Two strong characters, well, you mentioned that. I think they need to get him back in the game. They need perhaps to get some marquee referees to teach these young guys. Because not a bad many, idea. There's guys yeah. that are, are very young that might have played under-12s and never felt a tackle on their shins or an elbow to the face. And they're, they're actually taking the letter of the law, literally, and not using what's up here in their heads. Yeah. Okay. So you want to come in the programme? We'll talk to Johnny Cosmina a little later in the, in the programme, uh, folks. So stay with us. For CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer, the Real Football Show at Triple M. It's five to eight at Triple M for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. This is the real football show. Yeah, good on you, Alex, Albie Kidd and Val Miliacho. Uh, see where the Socceroos have uh, gone up the rank uh, to uh, ranking number 44 in the latest FIFA releases, guys. Means Jack. Means Jack, okay. <laughs> I'm, no, glad no, I, me, I'm glad I brought me. that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. No, it's, it's good Jack. when it comes <laughs> to quality. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, see what, see what you think, man. It's good when it... I mean, you got... Oh, let's... Anyway, it means it's good when it's. Uh, were, you comes to qualifying. You're, were you about to mention Scotland? <laughs> no, I'll find out when they sit. Not. But when they do qualifiers where they get put in pools and all that sort of stuff, that's when it means something. But at the moment, it means nothing. They're the Asian 
champion. Well, there you go. That was a waste of space, wasn't it? It was. It was a, in my opinion, Ken, I thought it was a good question. Well, Albie, I've been, I've been rehearsing it all morning, Albie. It does mean something, but it's, 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 I don't understand totally. Have another go, make. KG. What's your next one, mate? Well, and the next one is, uh, well, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. I, t- tell us about the uh, the new player that Sydney FC have uh, signed. Geordie Bowies. He's a Dutch um, defender. A Dutch defender came out of the Romanian league lately. Um, Albie, you know a bit about this gentleman. You've seen a bit of YouTube. Yeah, I have. Uh, Fienord, Panathinaikos, NSC, Breda. He's got a, a decent background. But more importantly, on years gone by, they used to get players in that were, you know, old. 32, 33. How old is this young man? 28 years of age. Good I've age. seen him playing. A, a, scoring a couple of goals. He's a good defender. You've seen him, Abby. I've seen him playing. Uh, sorry, on YouTube. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's hit a f- couple of free kicks. Very, very two-footed. He hit a volley with his left tab. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, oh, that's a good signing. That's mm. a very good signing for Graham Arnold. Hey, Just guy. to go back to the FIFA rankings to prove how irrelevant they are. Oh, you're going are. back to the rankings. How, how yeah, irrelevant they are. Scotland is 67th. Oh, Albie. We're on a building. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, no. What I'm, what I'm, things come in cycles. What I'm trying cycles. to say is that's that's a pretty good ranking for Scotland at the moment. Yeah. So, what's your next question? <laughs> what, what's happened to Scottish football? What's happened in the last? Where were they ranked when you were playing for them, Albie? Oh, they would have been number one, number two, <laughs> number three. But I remember them being at Italia ninety. Yeah. I think, uh, and then nineteen ninety eight in France, and yeah. So I would really like to go off this subject <laughs> for many reasons. Well, well, well okay, we'll, we'll do as you please. I mean, let, let's look at the remaining uh, games in the in the A League. Uh, uh, Five thirty tonight: Wellington versus Central Coast Manor. Who's going to win? I'll take. I think Wellington's improved over the last few weeks. That they're playing decent football. Uh, I think Wellington. Okay, Val. Wellington. Well, and what about the big one tonight? Seven forty-five. I'll be glued to the TV. Sydney FC versus Western City. That'll be on for young and old. They're due to drop one, Sydney FC, aren't they? Who's their major sponsor, Western Sydney? They should be called the Western Sydney PlayStation side. Why? <laughs> well, Tony Popovich, he, he changes Jeez. players like PlayStation every season. 62 players in four seasons. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's it's a lot. That's Sydney. a lot. But on a serious note, that is, that is a lot of players to turn over. And then, and then they're wondering why they can't get consistency. I mean, they got it to the Champions League final. They won it. Yep. Yep. And then that team is, it's been wiped well, off been, the face of the earth. We've been very, here. very up and down. So, uh, so on that note, Val, you're tipping Sydney FC. They're too strong. Sydney, too strong. Sydney I'll, I'll go for Sydney. Like Kenya. Albie, I think. It's okay. Newcastle ahead. versus Perth tomorrow. Perth Jeez. on the roll. No, no. I'll go. Uh, Newcastle's decent at home. Yep. It's a hard place to go and get a result. I'll uh, see there's going to be a draw, but I think I'll a draw or a win for Newcastle. There you go. I can't remember who I tipped in the advertiser tipping. <laughs> I'm, I'm last, by the way, in the advertiser tipping. Last, Valet. Eh? Gee. I'll by get... the way, Newcastle Jets are looking at Joel Allwright from Adelaide City. He's been there really? since Tuesday, yeah, and I think they'll make a decision this weekend. Good player, 27 years old, and I'm amazed he hasn't had a chance yet. He's A-line. been about the traps for a lot of years and uh, never cracked up the, the top level, but uh, he is a decent player. Well, thank you, fellas, for your support there. We'll, 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 we'll take a break for news and come back. And don't forget, in the next hour, we're going to talk to one of my favourite former players, Johnny Cosmina. Triple M's Real Football Show. Oh, what a goal!
The biggest names and the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. With Chris Dittmar. Can I just pick him up there? I'm 52 and I'm not growing up or mature. <laughs> and Scottish football superstar, Albie Kidd. The Triple M Real Football Show. Yes, welcome back to the second hour of the Real Footy Show. And, uh, of course, uh, the highlight during the week was the, the fact that on Thursday night when Adelaide United uh, knocked off Melbourne City, which was fantastic. Uh, and hopefully they've got their uh, their season back in order. Now, Albie, will they make the top six, United? Uh, big ask. They've lost a very experienced player in the James middle of the Holland. park there, James Holland. Yep. Uh, if they replace him with um, a good, solid, experienced player, uh, overseas midfielder. Yeah. They might. If they don't, I don't think they'll make it, Ken. Ooh, they will they make the top six? Yes. They will. I think I think they're back on track. They'll make the top six. And that, what damage that... will they do if they get there, do you think? If they can avoid Sydney or Melbourne victory in the first round, they'll get to the second round. But they have to face these clubs sooner or later. They've got to get them on a bad day because I think those two clubs are just miles ahead of everybody. Again, you, you know, they've got to get a bit of consistency and continuity happening here. They've got to win or do something in the next two games. Unfortunately, I think Alex can maybe confirm this, but uh, I think the next two games are Sydney yes. and, and, and Central Coast. Wellington. No, Wellington. Wellington. Sydney and Wellington. Wellington. So, so yeah. Sydney okay. away next weekend and Wellington up. So it's imperative they take something at the Sydney game. Yeah, they're due to drop once. They just can't continue, I don't think, you know, going through the season without dropping a game. And that might just be the game they drop, uh, Albie. Honestly. Yeah, it'll be a tough one with Sydney. But, you know, they've got to get the structure right, strategy right for playing against Sydney. And then the Wellington, you know, they're, they're more than capable of beating Wellington. But I think the Wellington game's away from home, isn't it? Oh, that I'm not sure. Pretty sure. But, mm. um, but anyway, look, I think it's going to be a big ask. Big ask. If they make the top six uh, at the pointy end of the season, Ken, it's been... They've salvaged the season. Yeah, but I you just don't want to make up the numbers, do you? When you get there, you want to have an impact, don't you, really? I think they will have an impact because of their, uh, Adelaide's always done well when they've made the uh, yep. finals football. Yep. And uh, I think that'll continue okay. on. Yeah. Well, last year they didn't. <laughs> Two years before that, though. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> they made a few grand finals. Ching, they got belted by Sydney under Gombau. 4-1. The season before that, knocked out yeah. by Central Coast under uh, Graham, Graham Arnold. 1-0. Who's your friend? Well, let's, put it, let's put it this way: it's, it's on, unusual Adelaide. for Adelaide not to make the top six. Let's put it, let's it put that that's, forward. That's the better statement. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks Something's for backing me up on that, Val. Between you two, a bit of a fiery no, start. I love having Aldi here. Oh yeah, fantastic! <laughs> love yeah, I love him. Legend. Too. We got a, we had a big hour coming your way uh, earlier this morning. We we caught up with the general manager of football for Adelaide United, Ante Kovacevic. We'll hear from him again, and also Johnny Cosmina. Stay with us, folks. This is the real footy show, and we do it all thanks to CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer, Triple M. One hundred four point seven Triple M. It is the real football show for you Saturday morning. We do it thanks to CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Can't get my words out today. Early this morning, the boys caught up with the general manager of football at Adelaide United, Ante Kovacovic. Good on you, Alex. And of course, that big win the other night by United, two one, getting back into the winner's circle. What's it done for the club? What's the feeling like now? Has it re- re- resurrected their, their season? Let's welcome to the program now the general manager of football for Adelaide United, Ante Kovacovic. Ante. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, guys. That win, what's it done for the feeling and, and, and the morale of the club and the players? Yeah, it's definitely given us a boost. Um, you know, 
Melbourne City, one of the touted uh, premiership yep. contenders for this year. So, look, it's just gives us a positive vibe. Obviously, you know, behind the scenes, we're all happy with it. We're all, uh, you know, satisfied. Obviously, the crowd seems to have gone home happy, no doubt. Um, but look, with the players, it's it's... You know, it's given them a boost. I think the coaching staff, it's given them, it's a relief. You know, it's just relieved a bit of pressure. Um, but uh, we have to continue on from here now. I'd say uh, this is, I suppose, the busiest time of the year for you, or maybe nearly every day is, but 80% of the, <laughs> 80% of the squad coming off contract, the FIFA transfer window's open. There's been talk about new players coming to the club, an import in particular. I understand uh, seven players are being presented to you. Believe it or not, I've had a couple of players being presented to me to be passed yeah. on to you, but that's another story. <laughs> and obviously, the club hasn't had a really good start, and I think you've copped a little bit of flack, the fallout from last week about recruitment and all that sort of stuff. So I know it's a long question, but in a nutshell, what is the future? What is going on with the club at the moment and, and, and the future? Where are we going with it? Yeah, look, you know, the whole recruitment thing, I think that when you're having a poor season like we are, I think everything else gets magnified. You know, Sydney's got 14 players off contract and nobody's really making that a big story. Uh, but for us, sitting on the bottom of the table, or we were before the Thursday night game, but, you know, everyone's trying to pinpoint the issue that has got us there. So, uh, and recruitment being, being one of them. Uh, you know, contract renegotiations being another. Um, you know, that's the players know where we're at. You know, being a former player, I've been through the same situation, and you know, it's it's only an issue when you want to make it an issue. You know, but uh, for someone like Sydney FC who are sitting on top, it's not an issue. So you know, it's 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 something that just brings brings gets brought up when you're in the position we're at. Um, you know, we've obviously re-signed Isayis for a few years, which is yep, great positive, for the club. Yep, super. Yeah, he's been a fantastic player and will continue to do so for the for next three years. So that's that's a fantastic vibe. You know, the players, I, I think deep down the players individually know where they're at. You know, they know that they're part of a team that's in the bottom two now. Um, they don't want to be there. If we don't want to be there as a club, um, I'm sure they, you know, they want to prove to themselves that they shouldn't be there and they deserve a new contract. So I don't think there's any any personal issues from the players themselves that, you know, they, they're crying out and, you know, uh, for a new contract and all the rest of it, they, they want to, you know, being a player, you, you want to prove to the club and to the punters, to the media that uh, you deserve a contract and you don't want to be sitting last or second last at the moment. And, and you want to, you know, start winning more games and, and via performances uh, that's going to, you know, either, alert other clubs or alert ourselves that uh, it's time for a new contract. So, uh, but look, we're in the, we're in the process of building. We don't want to have only, you know, six players sign up or whatever for next year. We want to, you know, we're, we're working on that. Uh, obviously, ECS has been tied down. So, uh, you know, we will be, um, you know, looking at where, we're, where we need to be over, over the next few months. Uh, with regard to next season, and obviously the January transfer window for this season as well. I tell you, players these days, okay, you're talking about 14 players off contract. <clears throat> it's not really good business, to be honest. You mentioned Sydney being in the same boat there, but looking at our, uh, our team here, mm-hmm. 14 players off contract. Why Why is it not a, a club um, you know, process to maybe get players on a three-year contract? Is it difficult these days to get players to sign a three-year contract? Yeah, sometimes it is, yeah. Yeah, we had players... Um, I mean... 
I've had players before over a number of years that just want the one-year deal. Now, players, you know, they they're looking beyond. You know, uh, obviously Australia is not a uh, a career where they're going to see themselves yeah. for the rest of their careers. They want to grow themselves. They want to have Europe to have a crack at. They want to go to Asia, make big money. Um, you know, to have shorter-term contracts for players. Yes, it's a lesser security sometimes, but they back themselves to. You know, try to sometimes go on a free and, you know, try to go have a crack at Europe or Asia. So sometimes it's out of your hands, you know, and especially with the Australian players, it's difficult. Um, you know, the market, the pool is, is less so than the foreigners. So you can always, you can always go and get another foreigner. But the Aussie boys, you know, sometimes they do have uh, ambitions to go elsewhere and you can't stop that. I'll be, you know, a lot of players have been in the same position. You just can't stop it. And I can, can I ask you the situation with uh, our coach and more. Uh, when would you? When do you want? Or when does the club want a decision whether he's going or staying? Yeah, look, uh, we've uh, said next. Well, he said to us as well. Next month, um, we'll we'll expect a decision. Are you happy with that? Uh, uh, look, for someone like Dilema, who he's, he's honest with us, he's he's been open. He's he's not trying to play us or anything. So yeah, look, we're satisfied with that. I, it's not ideal. Obviously, you want to tie down your yep. your coach and your future, and you know it's a negotiating tool with players. So the players want to know where the club's going to be at next year. Correct. So that, that question's always arisen, even with his yes when we resign him. Uh, so we've we've been it's it's been an open and honest process with Galamo. So we're not he's not hiding anything. We're not hiding anything. So you know, like I said, it's not ideal, uh, but it is what it is. And for someone like Galamo, who's obviously a championship winning coach for us. Uh, he's done everything right by the club, so we're not going to, you know, we're not going to force his hand. We're not going to give him ultimatums, but uh, we, you know, we will work with him when we re- we are re-signing players. So, the, we'll have, you know. so in a nutshell, the club wants him. If he says yes, I want to stay, you re-sign him. That's the plan. Yeah, good. That's the plan. But as you know, sport, everything, you know, you know, you're, you're never going to, no, you know, everything can happen. Lots going to happen between now and then as well. So you, it's 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 a difficult one. It's a difficult one. But at this stage, yeah, we'd like to know we'd like to know where he's at, and we'd like to have him for next year. Well, yeah. in my opinion, I think you've done a lot to help it by re-signing his ears. Yeah. Absolute uh, gun of a, a player and a, a great leader, a potential captain. Um, now, just uh, after <laughs> James Holland obviously left for Sydney yesterday, is in is in the holding pattern, and I think he's going up to. Uh, to China, to Leonang Hu in with uh, Robbie Cruz, who was spotted at uh, Amy Park last night in the victory game. So it, all going well. He passes a medical. You've, you've lost Jimmy Holland. But uh, the replacements, there was Dario Vitisic being mooted. I read on the World Game last night that perhaps uh, Pohang Steelers were looking at him first. He's looking at all the other options before the A-League. So what's the situation there? Uh, yeah, look, obviously James Holland's uh, got his visa. I believe he's off to China this weekend for a medical. Um, once again, you know, he's an ambitious player as well. Uh, you know, we're not going to stand in his way. Uh, Robbie Cruz is heading to China too. So, but look, uh, Dario Vitisic, you know, I don't like talking about players too much about their futures with us until deals are done. But uh, his name's been thrown about. Obviously, he's a, he'd be a target for many clubs. Um, but he's been in China now, but he's uh, looking looking at other options in Asia. Once again, we can't sometimes compete with some of these Asian clubs and the money being thrown about. And as as is mentioned very often, players' careers are short and they've got to make the most of it while they can. Uh, but he's got ties to Adelaide, former player. I believe his wife's from Adelaide as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so there are ties there that, uh, you know, if things don't uh, pan out in, in Korea, it's 
currently pre-season in the Asian League, so they're looking to, to build their squads as well. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if things don't pan out, then um, Adelaide could be an option. Come on, Auntie, give us someone to hang off. Who are you speaking <laughs> come to? Come on, yeah. <laughs> come That's on, it, Albie. Come on, Albie. <laughs> Oh, look, it, yeah, I'd love to give you names, you know? I'll put you on the spot, mate. That's a good question, yeah, yeah. LB. <laughs> no, look. Give her one, you know, come on. You guys, you guys have been involved in football and sports. So, it's, look, you can, give, you can give names, but, you know, you don't want to give rise to expectations and things don't pan out. And it's like, well, the club didn't do enough to get him over here. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's a tough one. But, uh, look, you know, we do have a foreign spot open now. A couple of rockers become an Aussie which is uh, great for him and great for the club, but it opens up a foreign spot. So, look, if the James Holland deal uh, gets done, um, you know, obviously I think, you know, we're looking at uh, you know, another foreign midfielder perhaps. Um, you know, the Aussies, you know, it's always a limited market with Australians, so having a foreign spot open makes it a lot easier to fill the gaps that uh, that's required for the, for the club. Well, Anto, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on the win. It was fantastic. Let's hope that's the start of bigger and better things to come for United. Appreciate your time, Anto. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Uh, look, it was, uh, like I said, a positive, positive outcome, good result. Hopefully we uh, build on it uh, for the rest of the season and the ACL. Yeah, Anto Kovacevic, the general manager of football for Adelaide United. They're a happier, happier team now. They've had a, a lovely win. Not a lovely win, a good win over Melbourne City on Thursday night, which was absolutely fantastic. OK, we'll take a short break. In fact, we'll have a bit, bit of a song, in fact, and then we'll talk World Cup. Perfect. For CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer, this is The Real Football Show. We do it every Saturday morning between 7 and 9, right here at Triple M. Uh, I love that you sing at the end of songs, Kate. Oh, that's great. good, isn't it? Shocking. The CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. This is the real football show. It certainly is. Thank you, Alex. Fellas, uh, let's talk about the World Cup. Some significant changes to the uh, to the format of the World Cup. Uh, Albie and, and Val, do you like them? The the main one for me, there'll be no draws in, in the World Cup. Do you, do you like that? That's a I very do. Po- that's a very positive move. I uh, do. My opinion. So, it, it, I think... Just leading on to that, yeah. it's going to lead to... Um, Upsets? No, teams going for a draw and then trying to suss it out with a penalty. penalty shootout. It might lead to defensive football. Mm. That's the only... Because you get, if you get a minnow against a big team, so Brazil v Chinese Taipei at the FIFA World Cup two t- 2026, they're not going to open up. They're going to batten down the hatches. So before we go too much further, let's break it down. So 2026 is when it's likely to happen. Yep. But let's take a step back and go, how many teams and what's the likely look of how it's going to work? So it's 48, 48 teams. 48 teams, yep. 48 teams. Gee, what, what, 48? It's gone to 48. Oh, I think it's super because Scotland can get back into the World Cup now. Is that right, so that's, Albie? Uh, <laughs> that's a bonus. Well, well, Albie, that'll fright the hell out of a few of the countries of Scotland get back in. It'll Definitely. fright the daylights out of them. <laughs> 2026 because we're on a rebuilding uh, rebuilding mission here but but look currently it's 32 teams yep okay as we know it's 2026 when uh, they change it but the main thing that they're changing it's it's quite political as well you know you've you've got the the uh, the chairman or the the main guy of FIFA now Gianni Infantino and uh, his his ploy there was to well what he measured his his, his uh, situation coming into FIFA was that's going to raise another billion dollars. You're joking. Uh, and, and changing it to 48 teams. Yeah, but, but will, will, will some of the teams just be there 
to make up the numbers and no possible chance. No, I don't chance. think so. There's only, I mean, it's, say, 48 teams. There'll be 16 groups of three. Yep. So they'll, obviously there'll be two matches yep. per team. Top two go through. Qualify, yep. To the top two. The last 32 and then it's knockout from there on in. So you could have a lot of upsets because, you know, we've seen World Cups before where teams get off to a slow start. Yep. Say, for example, was it 2010 when Spain lost their first match? And they went on uh, to went on to win the World Cup. If it happened in 2026, they're probably on the way out. So I think we're going to see a different tournament altogether. And I think it's brilliant when you can get the sweetheart stories, the fairy tales like Iceland at the Euros last year and stuff like that. So win-win for me. Socceroos will always be at the World Cup now, I hope. Well, you would think so, wouldn't you? Gee whiz, that, 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 that didn't happen to be shocking. Absolutely shocking. But the smaller teams like uh, Belarus, Albania... England. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, but, oh, but, but, but really, yeah, but hmm. the, the lower teams have got a right good chance. In a group of three, you know, anything can happen. You know, in the top two qualify, and then it goes into the, the normal uh, format of 32. So what does that do for the FFA boys and the build-up that they've had with the Socceroos trying to qualify and they make the games quite important yep. and gets the fans out and they make good revenue off the fact that we're qualifying for World Cups? If we know we're kind of going to make it, does that make the fans not as likely and as passionate to see these qualifying games? Well, I think you've got to sell the national team for what it is. It's the national team of, of the game, and I think it's just sports fans need to endorse the national team, not only just soccer fans, and I think it's up to FFA to market it differently. I think qualifiers probably will be less because I think what is 8.5 teams from Asia will be qualifying for for this type of tournament now, yeah, rather yeah. than the four and a half teams. And um, so hopefully it'll be less qualifiers, less impact on club football. And uh, I think it's win-win. But that increase, increased revenue of one billion. One, one billion. billion Jeez, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It's quite substantial. Without putting on the spot, which countries have won the last, say, six or seven World Cups? Albie's on his research there. Yeah, well, there's eight teams. There's eight teams uh, that's won the, the cup to well, date. One would be Scotland, obviously. Uh, no, no, they, they just slipped out. They got beaten in the final one year, but I can't remember what year. But Italy, Argentina, Spain, France, England, Brazil, Germany, and Uruguay are the eight teams that uh, that's won the World Cup World to cup. date. How about that song by Rod Stewart at the '82 World Cup? <laughs> what was ole, that? Ole ole, remember that one, Alvin? Ole ola. I don't, I, I've been. I was under. Was I, I, I think back in the Argen, Argentina. <laughs> Argentina. That was abysmal. You remember Ali McLeod? Yes. Well, Ali McLeod. I was at. I was at Motherwell with Ali McLeod, and I'm not surprised <laughs> that we never done well. There you go. Why? Uh, well, he was. Uh, he was just a flamboyant character that um, didn't really have good coaching methods or methodologies. Um, We'll leave it at that, but uh, yeah. Are you with Albie Bell? I can know, aren't you? I am, actually. <laughs> is Rod Stewart still uh, a hot Scotland fan? Of course he is. He's a, he's a big Celtic supporter, he Rod Stewart. fallen off. No, no. Love Rod Stewart. Love yeah, him he's singing. Good. Absolutely fantastic. Well, that's the World Cup. Remember the words? We've got Dalglish, Rioc, and. Dalglish? No, in the song. In the Rod Stewart song. <laughs> so singing about. There you go. Sunas? Have you got that one we can play on Triple Is this guy having a go at me or Scotland? Or what, what's, what's he going here? I don't know. You, you rank 67 I because we love you. There's going to be a Glasgow a... handshake in a second, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I reckon it's Scottish. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Oh, very good, boys. This yeah. is the Real Football Show for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Hey, it's not Rod Stewart, but it's just as good. Faith no more at Triple M. One hundred four point seven Triple M. You've walked into the middle of a great conversation as the boys watch the Melbourne Victory replay on the on Fox Sports at the moment. Oh. It was a good game last quality. night. Quality, <laughs> Melbourne Victory quality. Now, yes, Val, play it, play it. Go on. If you I missed it last it. break, Val found the Rod Stewart song from the nineteen eighty two World was Cup. It actually, seventy eight. Oh, 78, Sorry. <laughs> Not a good song. No, that's enough. Not Ali's, a good song, Albie. Ali's, no, it's not a good song. Ali's Army, but you know what? Everybody thinks Ross Stewart's Scottish, but he's English. <laughs> check, check, check YouTube. Is he really? Google it. He's English. Seriously? He's English. He didn't like that song. But there's only two nationalities, in my opinion. What's that? People that are Scottish and people who'd love to be Scottish. <laughs> and right. Ross Stewart's one of them. All right. Oh, fellas, can we go back to, to Thursday night? Good win by United over, over Melbourne City. But can I ask you both, how were you feeling? I know how I was feeling in the first three minutes when City have scored. I thought, no, here we go again. They were 1-0 down after three minutes. How were you both feeling? Yeah, it looked pretty ordinary, I thought, the way they got opened up for that first goal. Uh, bit of bad luck. I mean, the ball came through from Ruan Tongik. It, I thought... Timmy Cow, they said it was a, a dummy, but it looked like he miscontrolled it. And it went through yeah, to... Well, I've got to be frank. No, I'm with you on that no, one. I've got to be frank. It looked yeah. like he tried to control it, went through his legs. Garuccio slipped. Bruce Kamau puts in a good cross, 1-0, because Adelaide was out of shape. But to Adelaide's credit, they fought back. And Didn't they had they? a goal in the back of the net in the first minute, by the way, which I thought was a wrong offside call. It was wrong? Absolutely. And the same with Melbourne City. They had a goal... Uh, second goal for 2-1, and I thought that was a bad call as well. But Adelaide had that determination, and we said... That was, was a gutsy win, really. There was a lineup change. Obviously, Taylor Regan now is his third start. I love Rock him. is still out injured. And he's, showing some, he's showing he's got a bit of grunt. Oh, right? what? He was sensational. I think he's inspired Dylan McGowan next door to him as well. Uh, Jordan O'Doherty back into the starting 11. A young Good kid. Move. Yep. For me, like I said in the previous hour, this he's he looks like he could be following in the footsteps of Stefan Mork in the way that he, he's got a great work work ethic. He's fearless. He's not a big lad. Yeah, he's just got a massive engine, and obviously uh, Guardiola on the bench and Karuska. We're surprised. Well, I, I said to my son Scott, I said, oh, God, I don't believe they're starting on the bench." Did you? How did you see it, Albie? Well, I, I assist you off air there, Ken. I just thought that uh, it's a good ploy when coaches do that. When they, John Alusi done it last night with McLaren. Yeah. Uh, never really worked for him. But um, if you look at uh, what happened with Adelaide, Karuska and Guardiola. Why would he have done it? Two big guns. Two of their superstars, if you like. Well, it's, sometimes it's good to drop your superstars. It just uh, shakes up the whole squad. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with, uh, with Adley because I did see a distinct difference in Adley's approach to the game. And I think that's how they, they were passionate. They were in about the game. They were, yep. they were angry, uh, motivated, and all the above. And, and it was a game that they really needed to win. And well, they, they've, they've taken the full points, three points, and uh, places them in uh, a reasonable position going in for the top if six. If I could take you back to last year, where a more, I think this year maybe a more wanted to do this move a little bit earlier, but he couldn't because of the lack of depth. And obviously that goes back to recruiting. But last year when they were struggling, when they hadn't had that first win until round nine, 
the first eight matches, they were hovering around ninth, tenth, and eighth. When Karuska, remember when he got dropped for three games, put on the bench? Yep. And then he came back in, then all of a sudden, bang, the switch is on. And and the key message, without Guillermo Amor actually telling the public, or perhaps not even Karuska why he's on the bench, was... Bit of an hey, ego thing? If you don't perform, this is where you're going to be sitting. Yeah. And I think that happened to Sergi Guardiola maybe on the weekend. Yep. Or on Thursday night, rather. And in the end, he became a key player in, 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 in the way that he set up that assist for uh, Mark Ochien to get that goal. And he played on the wing as well, wasn't even the central striker when he came on. But you know what? In many ways, it's, dis- it's disappointing that you've got to do that. You've got to employ that tactic if you like to get players to play for your club. Oh, exactly. You know, because Guardiola, I just think that he was going through the, the motions, motions a few times, uh, a few of the games there. But but look, Amor's put him back on his backside and uh, I think now we'll see a different uh, Guardiola. I like, I like him as a player. As well. He's I a quality he's player. he's got so much more to offer. Yep, he's, he's a quality player. And re-signing his OS, that's, that's a positive uh, step Huge. for United. Absolutely huge because I think uh, he's been the catalyst for the for the complete change of of, yep. of the style of play from 2013. He's a leader, a winner. Hates to lose. He's in your he's in your face. That type of player. He can set stuff up. He knows he can play short. He can play long. He's captain's material, uh, Albie. Could he's that kept... be a, sorry, Albie, could, could that be a reason a more might stay now they've re-signed him? I think it's strengthened the, the, the motives Mode. for, for Guillermo more perhaps to stay on. And, and maybe the next major signing might be Sergio Sirio. I think he's another player that I, think, I don't think Adelaide can afford to lose either. I see this as well. Very, very um, dangerous on set plays. So as we've seen in the mm. past. So it's a very good signing, Ken. Plus, he'll be an Australian. Um, he'll win Australian residency in June. So for the next season, there's another foreign spot open, which is another bonus. Same with Sirio. Karuska's about to become an Australian in April if they wanted to re-sign him. Will, yeah. he, will so, he stay, do you think? I I, th- I think he's settled down with his family. Yeah. Uh, he's got his own academy, the Marcelo Karuska Academy, which is starting to take off now. And I think same with his IES. They're looking at Adelaide as, as a place. They're, they're family people. It's lifestyle. Well, exactly. It hasn't got the hustle and bustle of Melbourne and Sydney, the, the house prices... It's an easy city to get around. This is the best we place in Australia. This, and everyone whinges about this beautiful city. Oh, I don't know why. It's, it's the best everything. place in the world. It's got everything. Exactly right. Absolutely. Isn't it, Albie? The best place well, in the world. Well, I'm a good world. example. I, I signed a four-year contract at West Adelaide. Hell, listen, I've been here for 30 years, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So, so it's, it's the lifestyle. It's fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You've got a place at Manham. Beautiful. <laughs> John Farnham tonight. John, John Farnham, Farnham today. <laughs> Can you put in a request? Can we play that Rod what's Stewart you, or Leo La? What's Johnny? your favourite Johnny Farnham song, Albie? The voice. Jeez. It's got to be yeah, the voice. It's got bagpipes. Oh, Sadie. How about Sadie? Sadie, Sadie, Sadie the cleaning lady. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we better wrap it up. <laughs> as much as we're enjoying the John Farnham chat, John Cosmina's waiting on the line. We'll talk to him next good at Triple man, M. Good man, Good man. It is the Real Football Show here at Triple M. This morning, we've got Albie Kidd, Val Miliacho from The Advertiser and KG. Thank you, Alex. We're about to welcome to the program a man that knows all the things about what's happening in the wonderful world of soccer, having coached Adelaide United and uh, tough, twice, exactly right, a tough character too, both on and off the field. I'll never forget his clash 
with Kevin Muscular. That was one of the highlights for me. I, when we pushed him off his chair, I thought, how good's this? And I, I <laughs> absolutely fantastic. <laughs> we welcome Johnny Cosmini to the program. Cosy, welcome to the show. Okay, G, how are you, boys? Albie Val. Hey, Cos, how are you? Good, mate. Good. Uh, the win on th- on Thursday night, Cosy, has it resurrected uh, Adelaide United season? Well, it's like I guess winning the championship last year. You, you're judged on your performance on the on the day, yep. but um, it's what you do the next time around. And, um, you know, after it's, you're only as good as your last game while you're playing, and then you're only as good as your your next game um, when it's not. You know, when you're waiting for it. So look, they've got to be able to back up next week. And uh, and that's going to be tough because I think it's Sydney FC, isn't it, from memory? Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, off yeah. the top of my head. Yeah, it is Sydney FC and then Wellington. But how were you feeling when when uh, City scored in the first three minutes? Ah, oh, look, it 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 was that you know that sense of deja vu. It's like here we go again. But yeah, um, look, the players, to be honest, got you know they got themselves back into it. And Adelaide haven't played poorly, but they've done. They've had moments in games where they've been poor um, as a unit. And I, I've been pretty unscathing about, or pretty scathing, sorry, about um, their defence um, yeah. in some of my comments. And, and that's where it all starts. When things aren't going right, you've got to get it sorted out at the back and you can't afford to make the silly mistakes. And um, I think there was a lack of focus, but it sort of got to the point where um, they bottomed out. And the only way from there, like Ben Garucho, funnily enough, said after... Um, after the game uh, last week when they, they were beaten, was that um, the only way from there is up. So um, it's true. And they, they they battled the other night. They were maybe a little bit fortunate. They got the breaks, which they haven't had in the past. Yep. Um, McGowan's goal was maybe offside. You know, I know Thierry had one disallowed before that. Mm. That was marginal. Um, but things fell for them. They start to turn, and, and that's where you've now got to knuckle down and, and work even harder because like, it's, it's hard getting to the top, but it's... It's a damn sight harder staying. staying exactly right. Just, uh, Cosy, your thoughts on uh, obviously Melbourne City, the richest club in the league, and Timmy Cale came out here, and the Timmy Cale factor. I didn't think he he really um, had his best performance on Thursday night. Michael Valcarnas, the assistant, comes up for Johnny Van Skip, and he said some big things about Rowan Tonyik and compared him to Milan Ivanovic after the clash and said that, you know, there was only one team in it. Just your thoughts on, on Michael Valkanis the second time around. Do you think he's up to it with a, such a big club? Oh, he's got a ton of experience. And from what my mail is, I think he'll probably stay there till the end of the season when they, they work it out. Uh, look, I think um, Mickey probably stabilised the defence. He went to a, a back four. Um, what he'll do when Neil Kilkenny's available again next week um, after suspension will be interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see how he, he manages all the players. Um, uh, Timmy's playing more as a nine now. And, and in that regard, I think Valkanis will, will keep, um, will probably bring more structure to the way that, that, that Melbourne City go about their business. But I guess the biggest problem you've got there, not just with uh, for Valkanis, but the club overall is, um, they've got such a big reputation. They've brought such quality players in. Um, you've got to manage a, a squad um, that is full of quality. But the um, thing is, they're 13 points, I think, off the top now. Mm. And even making second spot could be difficult. And they're, they're not getting results in games that they should. Um, you know, and that all gets sort of pushed by the by, you know, because they've got the Tim Cale factor that... Um, you know, and Tim, he's, he's doing all right for him because he's scoring goals. But Bruno Fornaroli's now inconsistent. Um, because he has to play a different role. Yep. So he doesn't have that, that central striking position to himself like he did last year. 
Um, you know, and there's plenty of quality there, but the thing is they're not getting the results that they should be. And you talk about, I know I read the comments about Milan Ivanovic, and I think there's daylight between um, Ruin Tongis and, and <laughs> Milan Ivanovic. But they're different types of players. for Rouen, actually, for it, that comment to come out. It's putting a lot of pressure on him. It is, but I, you know, funnily enough, I just went over the, the second half of that game just now. And, um, and he was at fault for the, the yeah. winning goal, Adelaide yeah. United's winning goal. Absolutely. He got lazy defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that comes back to part of the, the, the uh, Melbourne City philosophy, I guess, the City Football Group. You know, and I'm, someone, I spoke to someone at the club and asked about you know, if they do work on defending, and they don't. It's, uh, it's all about you know, get forward and what we do when we've got the ball. Um, but you've got to get sorted out defensively, Albie, as you would know. Mm. Cosy, the we're talking about the league, uh, the competition as a whole. It's my opinion that the Sydney and Melbourne victory are, are way ahead of the pack there. But hold that thought for a second. I'm just going back to Melbourne City. I just think that Melbourne City are a shadow of the team that uh, at this point in time, you know, when they started the season off there, it was exciting stuff. The Cahill, the, the Cahill X Factor's dropped off now. The honeymoon period's over. But they seem, in my book, because uh, I think uh, Melbourne City's struggling a little bit. There they are. They're, not, they're, um, they're, they're, dis, they're disjointed. They're not disorganised. They're disjointed. Mm. They've got a, a way of playing. Um, the, you know, because you've got to rotate players as well, because you've got, um, the quality there, and obviously you're going to have to start keeping egos happy. Um, you're going to get inconsistency. I think you need a stable side, and you always put the um, the best team on the park. Like, where does Neil Kilkenny fit next week? Does he go back in instead of Aussie Malik? Did Aussie do well enough to, to hold his spot as a number six um, yeah. against Adelaide the other night? And so, no, I agree with you. I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think they're doing well enough. And it's funny, just looking at this game, I think when um, it was when Bruce Camus came off. Mm. or come out and um, he got substituted but it was they were laughing and joking on the bench and I looked at it and thought hang on you guys are you're dominating possession you got a, a you should be miles in front theoretically um, and you won one and you're laughing about it I haven't seen anything funny about it it um, you know for me it's a, you've got to get results yeah, and 1-1 one, one is not good enough I think they were laughing because when he got substituted Bruce actually had a Towards Guillermo Moore, he went to the Reds bench. I'm not you sure serious? if that was yeah. I'm not sure if it was clear on television. And no, everyone was laughing at the stadium before he said, "Oh, wrong bench." And then he went to the blue one. Yeah, <laughs> that I was... find that one. Um, maybe he's just going to go and say thanks. Want to say hello? Hey, hey, Cosy. Thanks for giving me a career. <laughs> yeah. James Holland's gone. What type of player or players does United need? Um, I think they need a more. They need to find another Stefan Moore. Uh, to be really honest, Jimmy Jago left this time last year, and Stefan Moore filled his boots. You need a, an attacking um, midfielder. Yep. Um, James Holland for me is not that sort of player. Um, you know, it's funny he had his best game. Yeah. Um, Thursday on, on Friday night when the you know it's like um, closing a gate after the horse has bolted. It's uh, <laughs> you know where were the yeah, exactly. games like that beforehand? <laughs> so, see see you know, what you think, Cos. Well, um, it's true, mate. It's like he's he exactly. parking the bus and parking his car in yeah. Adelaide until the better move came along, um, and that you know that annoys me. Um, but that's you know that's just my opinion. Um, look, I think they need to find another attacking midfielder because I think um, you know the, the sort of play that James Holland is actually impeded um, uh, Issa Issa's yes. game. 
it, it, you know, the, he sort of took over that role, and then both of them were sort of fighting for space, and mm-hmm. and there was no fluence, and they lost something going forward that that say, for instance, either G, uh, Jimmy Jago gave them before he left or Stefan Mork when he came. But uh, I mean, to find another Stefan Mork, it, um, they'd be fairly lucky. But they need another, they need another midfielder. Because he's similar dynamic to last year. That this they started poorly and uh, they're in that same situation this year. But last year they had a, a far better group to work with. Do you think they'll make the the top six? No, I think they're going to look. It could, they'll get results now, but it's, it's oh, look the top six. Yeah, but see, I'd, it's there's ten teams in the competition, and you're playing in top six. So sixty percent of the teams qualify for the finals. Mm. It's, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> um, and historically, unless you make the top two in the A League, your chances of, well, no one's actually won from outside of the top two, have they? In no, eleven years of A League mm. yeah. history, so. Um, yeah, fine, make the finals. Um, that might be well and good, but it's about what you really classify or qualify as a successful season. I think they, they might scrape in. Um, it depends on how the teams above them go, but you're in the downhill run now. There's, what, 13 games left or, or 12 games left, sorry. And, less, um, yep. 12, and yeah. it's, you're playing catch-up every week, yeah. and I think it's going to be tough. Because last night, uh, obviously, Bessart Barisha's red card. How did you see that? Oh, gosh. Look, it, I don't know what the, the fourth official... Maybe he... I mean, looking at it, he didn't look like he cocked his elbow uh, from the television replays. But there was some sort of contact. I do think Luke DeVere maybe reacted a little bit too much. Um, you know, if you got a cop on the jaw that bad, um, you would think that, that there would have been... Uh, you know, his head would have sort of bounced back yep. when he copped it in the yep. first place. There was none of that. It was... It was almost like a delayed reaction. Um, and then I think the, the assistant referee probably saw the um, the afters, not the, the not the actual, yes. or maybe didn't get a clear picture of the incident. Yep. And, and look, in those situations, you're going to put your arm across someone anyway. Archie Thompson said it after the game, right. you know, you sort of, you prop yourself and you get ready to, to, to take the contact from the centre-back. Um, I don't think... Um, Richard did anything deliberate, and like I said, the elbow wasn't cocked, and there wasn't any great movement of the arm. It maybe just one of those unfortunate things. And they had the um, Fox showed the the ruling after the game, and um, it, it talked about the the I guess the level of contact, and it wasn't. Um, I don't think it was was harsh enough. I think it was, I don't think the contact was bad enough to warrant a red, red card. Cosy, would you keep him or the coach? Um, look, it depends on what he wants to do, I suppose. Um, I think Adelaide needs some stability, but I think what's going to happen now is, and, and this is not just, this happens, it's cyclical because of the the, the way the salary cap is set up and the, the, the limited numbers of players you can have in your, your squad. Um, Adelaide need a rebuild. Um, you can't just, you know, put Band-Aids on this now. You've, you've got to, you're going to lose players. You've, you know, you've brought a guy in and yep. lost him six months later in James Holland and paid him good money from what I hear on the... In the process, um, if they get a transfer fee, that's fine. That's business. And there's got to be some business done at a football level. But it, for me, it comes back to who you bring through. You know, like Ruan Tonyik's been at um, at the club for a few years playing in the youth team. And he didn't even get to play first team game for, for our... I think he came off the bench once, didn't he, last year, Val, from memory? Yeah, yeah right? briefly. Yeah. Um, now he's a regular at, at one of your arch rivals in the state. Um, yeah. You've got to start looking at how you get kids through from the, the local competition. And yep. look, I know I, I, I really do believe a lot of a lot of younger players probably need to leave Adelaide 
to come back to, to taste life in a, in a, in a harsher world because Adelaide's a fairly comfortable place to live, um, certainly in terms of the football environment. But um, having said that, you still need to be pushing kids through the system and not enough kids have come through the system there. Talking about kids, how, uh, how good is James Troisi this season? Just unbelievable. He, um, he, look, he had a slow start, but I've always been a big supporter of Jamie. I think he's, he's been a fantastic player. You know, years ago, people used to talk about the next Harry Kewell, and I thought if anyone could fit the bill, it would be this kid because he had everything about him, dribbling, pace, um, shooting, he had game sense, the whole, the whole box and dice. So I don't think he's ever really, um, really put his stamp on the game. Um, he's had good moments in it and he's made a good career out of it to take nothing away from him. Um, but he's never, would you, you know, at the moment, would you actually say he's one of the game's greats? No. And I think now he's, he's actually starting to prove it. And he's, look, his form last night, the game, some of the stuff he did last night was outstanding. The goal he scored, you know, fair enough, it's a good free kick. Um, but the ball he played in for their second goal and the, the pass he played to Barisha for the... Um, for the penalty as well. It's a, he, he's playing some pretty clever stuff. It wasn't just his stuff on the ball. It was what he did with it afterwards. His distribution last night and the way that he looked to penetrate yep. um, Brisbane's defence was, was fantastic. And Brisbane are fairly meagre defence as well. They're pretty tight back there. And he, he found the gaps. He's, a, he's an excellent player. He would have been great for Adelaide to get, mm-hmm. um, to be perfectly honest. But I don't know what the... You'd, I mean, Val, you might be able to fill me in on what happened there. I don't know. They never approached him. Um, this nah, time, but see that happened a few years ago as well. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, it might be different now. But I think there's other issues which I do know about, but I won't bring them up on here. Mm. I'll talk to you privately about that. Good on you, Cosy. Oh, all right, see you guys. Good to talk to you, Cosy. in five minutes, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Cosy. Cheers, Cos. Always good to talk to Cosy. Speaks his mind. Causes and we got to say. Cosy was thanks to Fox Sports, Fox Sports, who does a fantastic job with he Fox does. Sports. And can get every game of the Hyundai A-League live and ad break free during play. There you go. That was Johnny Cosmina. Is it almost time for us to say au revoir? It's, it's, all, it's all done. Done dusted. Well, there you go. Unbelievable. Just, hey, time flies when you're having is, is fun. That's it. That's it. That, that's it, boys. That's it. Now, well, this is my last uh, uh, real real fully show. Uh, Ditz is back from holidays. It, it seems like he's been away for about six months, Ditz. <laughs> but he likes his holidays. Sorry? He likes his holidays, Chris. <laughs> he, he loves his holidays. He loves it all. Unbelievable. Uh, been great working with the fellas. Thank you very Good much. Good luck with your knee. Thank you very much, uh, Val. Yeah, be right. Good on you, Elby. fantastic, KG. E- en- Thank you. Enjoy Johnny Farnham. And I'll uh, enjoy him today. <laughs> the Voice. City. The, the Voice. The Bagpipes. Bagpipes. Great to catch up with the Elby and Val. Thank you. And the this, this real world, real footy show is back next Saturday. It is. Good job, KG. And we do it all thanks to CMI Toyota South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer.